Thank you so much for clicking on this week's episode of Gillyweed Girls and joining us for our spooky season finale and Halloween special. We were trying to pick our favorite spooky ocean lore topic for our Halloween episode, and we landed right where the idea for our podcast all began with mer-beings that shiver our timbers. Yes, one of the first spooky things that came to my mind was a siren's seductive song, and it made me wonder if somehow mer-beings did exist, like just hypothetically, if they were these siren-type females who sang and it was their song that lured men in, maybe they had a communication technique kind of like a whale, like similarly in the way that it can affect a human's biology. Sperm whales, for example, are the loudest mammals on planet Earth, and their vocalizations, the sounds that they can make, can reach 230 decibels, which is crazy. For reference, uh, since Top Gun is big right now, a jet engine from like 100 feet away produces 140 decibels, so that's 90 decibels louder than that. And around 150, your eardrums will burst, but the threshold for death, death is about 180 to 200. So if you're close enough to a sperm whale when it makes that strong call at 230 decimals, you could die. Because the water is denser than the air, sound in the water is measured on a different decibel scale. Basically, in air, the sperm whale would still be really loud, but way less so, like 174 decibels, which is enough to rupture your eardrums, not enough to kill you, though. It's safe to say you probably don't want to spend a lot of time swimming with sperm whales, which is sad because it's always kind of been my number one bucket list item to swim with whales. But when I learned this, I was kind of like, oh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. That sounds kind of sketchy. You know what I mean? I'd probably even choose our scary mermaids over dying via whale call bursting my eardrums. There are so many terrifying ways to go in the sea. But we're the Gillyweed Girls, so for our spooky special, we gotta focus on those mermaids. Yeah, definitely. So while the first thing that comes to mind when we hear mermaids, at least for myself I know, is like half fish, half human, beautiful woman with long flowing perfect hair, and just all around like gorgeous, Um, but there are so many stories and recorded sightings from all around the world that suggest that mer-like creatures or like mermaids are a hell of a lot scarier than what we kind of like grew up knowing to believe like pee your pants scary so I'm excited to dive into that side of mermaids for our Halloween special There's a whole wide world of lore and mythology and also real historical accounts and records of mermaid sightings like by Columbus. We talked about that in an earlier episode. There are mermaids with beautiful fishtails who marry princes, ordinary girls who become no ordinary girls when they're turned into beautiful golden-tailed mermaids, and then are more fish-like mer-beings of the sea with webbed fingers and scales and sometimes red or black eyes and generally more spooky overall. Yeah, and these creatures have different motives, like go where the people are to dance and brush your hair with a fork and become a princess on land, as well as the sea, Um, or, you know, seductive sirens that want nothing more than to lure men to their deaths. Um, There's the seductive sirens that fall in love with the men and live on land part-time, all the way over to savage monsters of the sea, whose motives can be best described as shark-like, the aggressive kind like a great white shark. So, 
We are going to first dive into some Merlore from Africa. Africa is a massive continent, and they have a rich collection of mermaid tales, particularly in the south. One of my favorite African myths inspired my gamer tag that I use is Juzu, which is Zimbabwean word for essentially siren or mermaid. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful spirit of the water who lures um, or snatches, kidnaps people uh, that she finds interesting, taking them to her underwater realm. At first, Juzu aren't the nicest to those that they kidnap, but they're not 100% cruel intentioned. It's apparently initially just a test to see how the person is going to react. And they kind of have this sort of cycle where if they keep reacting negatively, they're just going to keep having a negative time. Uh, almost like reaching enlightenment, I feel like. So whoever is snatched has to complete a task <laughs> oh, given gosh. to them by the Juzu and has to eat whatever is offered. Otherwise, they'll never be allowed to return to the surface. That is difficult because initially the food that the snatched one has to eat is something gross like beetles oh. or worms or other insects or mud. Oh, and this person will likely have to endure being treated like worms or beetles <laughs> and mud for weeks, months, or years. If the person passes the Juzu's test, then they're treated better both just in general and in what they're offered to eat. So Juzu's really can be sweethearts, they're wise, and even can become this Dumbledore-like spirit guide and teach you magical healing arts like the waterbending ladies have. If everything goes well, according to the Juzu, the Snatched One can return home with a gift, a basket of magical medicines, and amazing knowledge of magic and healing in general. Apparently, the Snatched One's family also plays a role in whether or not they get to come home. Their family and friends have to sing traditional ritual songs, praising Juzu while kneeling and clapping to ensure their safety in return. And in Zimbabwe, mermaids have long featured really heavily in various different myths and legends where they're often called the Mondao and are portrayed as malicious creatures that enjoy pulling bathers or swimmers under the waves to their deaths. Oh my goodness. I know. Although many see these tales as just spooky lore, apparently there are quite a few Zimbabweans who believe that these Juzu and these spooky ladies of the sea actually exist in their incidents or sightings involving mermaids that often pop up around this region of the world. And we're going to talk about a couple of them. These tales and lore go back for centuries, and ancient rock paintings of humanoids with fishtails drawn on the Kolsai people of the region have been found. It's one of the most arid regions of the country, so it's nice that these paintings have been preserved in caves. It's this semi-desert wasteland known as the Karoo in South Africa. Just why this desert-dwelling people would have mermaids as part of their lore remains a mystery, but maybe it's something like the states. I live in Illinois right now, and in Illinois we have fossils of these marine-like creatures since Illinois used to be underwater, so it could be similar. Yeah, yeah, it definitely could be. That's wild. Yeah. Just why this desert-dwelling people would have mermaids as part of their lore remains a mystery, but the region did once lie underwater, so there have been sightings of creatures reported from the greener and more fertile Klein Karoo to the south, where mountain spring water creates these pools and even water-filled caverns where the creatures are said to live. These mountain-dwelling mermaids are in no way friendly and have long been said to lure travelers to the water in order to drown them. 
These creatures are typically not seen as flesh and blood creatures, but rather as powerful spirits or demons and are greatly revered and feared by tribes of the area. Wow, that's intense. Isn't it? In other regions of South Africa, mermaids are often called the Kaiman. Uh, interestingly, from the German word Cayman, and are typically described as a race of malevolent creatures that drown their victims with glowing red eyes. They're these half fish women with black hair, and it kind of makes sense that this malicious woman would be called the Cayman. We call one of our alligators a Cayman in the States, and probably elsewhere, I'm sure. Uh, but the Cayman is a vicious creature of the water. Why not call a mermaid a Cayman? That's awesome. Yeah, why not? Just go for it. Right? Exactly. So there's one sighting report of a Cayman that came from 2008, which I want to think is more recently than it actually is because I'm getting old. <laughs> but it was at this quaint, isolated, rural village of Surbrock. A local witness named Daniel Capito claimed he had been hanging out with some friends along the bank of the river on the evening of January 5th when suddenly they heard a strange sound coming from a low water bridge which sounded like bashing on a wall, quote unquote. When they went to investigate, apparently in the murky darkness under the bridge, they could make out what looked like a white woman with black hair. She seemed to be in trouble. She was thrashing about in the water. And his friends were like, hey, what is that? What's going on? And he was like, that was so weird. I just went over to help this woman, but I swear to God that they had red flickering eyes in this faint glow about them. I don't think she was normal. She was hypnotic. One of the friends, his name was Martin Alkers, went over to see it for himself, and he claims what he found profoundly scared him. There, swimming through the water around the bridge, he could see the same woman who his friend had talked about completely with the red shine in her eyes and all, and he was like, oh my god. He said the figure was definitely female, and the whole time he watched her, she made a sound reminiscent of crying, imagine oh. moaning myrtle, <laughs> which he described as, quote-unquote, the strangest sound. <laughs> <laughs> the mermaid was said to have an ethereal silver-white sheen around it, and although they say none of those present had ever believed in the stories of the Cayman before, this bizarre encounter apparently convinced them the creatures were real. None of them were found to have been drinking alcohol, smoking weed, and all of them seemed genuinely shaken by the whole entire experience. There are other reports in South Africa too, and other showcases the creature's more sinister tendencies. On New Year's Eve in 2015, for example, there was a 12-year-old boy. Uh, he was in South Africa as well. He apparently went to the bank of a tributary in the Sabi River to meet his friends for a swim and never came home. And authorities were brought in, they searched the area, no sign of the boy anywhere, despite an investigation that involved diving teams. Even though police blamed strong currents in the river, um, which makes sense because it's a river, or a crocodile attack for the kid Misango's disappearance, the boy's family explained to them that the boy had been kidnapped by a mermaid, an assertion that was backed up by another eyewitness 
who claimed he had seen the boy pulled into the water by this pale-skinned creature. The witness claimed he had gone to try to help the boy, but that he had completely disappeared super quickly into the muddy, murky water and was pulled in by something that very well could have been coiling to lash out at him. Oh gosh, that sounds terrifying. I can't. Can you imagine just like horrifying if you ask? You're just like chilling with your friend and he gets pulled underwater by some like sea monster. That is terrifying. Yeah, and you can't tell anybody because who's going to believe you when you're 12 that a mermaid pulled your friend under the water? That's so sad. But it definitely shows, like, the possibility of a darker side to mermaids, especially if the family was like, no, it was mermaid. Maybe they had some, like, secret beef with the merpeople. (laughs) Right? If they were adamant you know that's and that was like 2015 this was a great example for how mermaids or mer people can be absolutely fucking terrifying just like yours your mer person is really Mm -hmm. scary as well yes i don't even know like i they are definitely considered mer people but this is exactly what i'm talking about when it's like the opposite of that beautiful woman that you envision or like woman fish that you envision when the immediate like thought of a mermaid comes to mind um so my story i am headed into southeast asian mermaid lore um, in 1943, the K Islands. So during World War II, Japanese soldiers were stationed with a surveillance team in the K Islands in Indonesia. In the 1940s there, they had some strange encounters with mermaids or like mer creatures. So the local villagers actually knew about these creatures and they called them the Orangi Khan, which translate to man fish. The creatures were described as being almost five feet tall with spikes on their spines, shoulders, and neck. They were rumored to have pink salmon-colored skin and a mouth that resembled a carp, Um, so a bunch of, like, small, super tiny, pointy teeth. And instead of a fishtail, like a traditional mermaid, these creatures had long arms and frog-like legs, both which had, like, translucent or see-through talons at the end. That sounds awful. Yeah, it's terrifying. The Japanese soldiers recorded many different sightings while they were there, saying they even saw some on land, which suggests that they might have been amphibious, but seemed the most at home in the water. So that's even scarier. Like, mermaid, like, you know, I guess that's kind of all throughout lore. Like, Ariel was able to get legs and come on water. But these are ones that literally can just hop out of the water, like, walk around on land. It reminds me of the monsters that are in Valheim in The Witcher 3. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so one of these sightings was when a troop of soldiers were apparently exploring some unseen land and came upon a natural lagoon. Everything seemed normal and fine until there was a sudden thrashing around in the water. Then an Orangi can jumped out of the water and onto a nearby rock. It turned and faced the soldiers and let out a gurgling burping sound, which I, don't, I can't even like picture what that would sound like oh yeah i mean that true that does not sound friendly at all i would be scared too (laughs) then they saw another creature moving smoothly in the water toward them pretty fast like and gracefully like a fish swimming in the water and not knowing the intention of the creatures the soldiers just started like open shooting at the rocks and into the water only to like immediately have the creatures disappear from view they just vanished into thin air 
Which, I mean, if I could winnow away and, you know, people were just shooting at me, I that would definitely be a peak time that I would disappear to. So I don't really blame <laughs> them. So another report was told by a startled soldier who recalls seeing one of the creatures on a beach one night. At first, the soldier had thought it was a child until it turned around and he could see in the moonlight that its face wasn't quite right. The creature quickly ran into the water upon being seen and didn't resurface. It just like disappeared into the water. A sergeant named Mr. Taro spoke to the villagers and requested that if any of the Orang Khan were captured, whether dead or alive, to contact him immediately. And soon after that, the chief of the village summoned the general and to his astonishment, he got to see with his own eyes one of these lifeless aquatic creatures. Um, apparently it was terrifying and it smelled really bad like that was made known that it smelled like a mixture of dead fish and like rotting meat Um, and yeah I know it sounds absolutely disgusting (laughs) and what he describes was roughly four foot nine inches tall pinkish skin human looking face and limbs spikes along its head and a mouth like a carp with tiny needle like teeth so absolutely terrifying um after that, Mr. Taro Horiba made his best efforts after they got home from the war to get the scientific community involved and go back to the K Islands to try to study these creatures. But unfortunately, nothing ever happened and like just nothing ever came from it. This kind of just dissipated and nobody really knows if they're real or not. Like nobody went back to explore any of it. So. It's wild. I wish we would have known about this story whenever we lived in Japan so that we could have gone on crazy, like, 12-year-old adrenaline-spiked-fueled energy, like, you know what I mean? These adventures into just the Japanese waters to try to find one. You know we would have. Me and Sarah spent 12 hours one day (laughs) recording a YouTube video where we tried to get to a canoe. Oh my gosh, that would have been so much fun. Yeah, I can't even imagine. There was like a summer where me and my friends were convinced there was a ghost in the elementary school. So we kept like sneaking out at night to try to like get a video recording of this like grudge like ghost. And of course it was like right after we all binge watched all the grudge movies. So like we were just really paranoid, but I can't even imagine if we learned about these. I feel like we would be like, mom, take us to the beach. We're going to go hunt for mer people. Like... Absolutely, 100%. Heck yeah, count us in. We would spend like an entire summer dedicating to the cause. We are just totally reshaping all of your minds on what mermaids are, aren't we? (laughs) I know reading these stories for me, I was like, damn. But it's definitely like bringing new things to my attention too. And it's like making me think a lot. Because you never know with evolution, like why couldn't there be some kind of monkey creature that he started evolving into the water and how how could that not have evolved into actual mermaids you know right like, i feel like evolution on land was so crazy and humans have become so hyper specific for like succeeding on land and hunting and stuff that like why couldn't like apes also have evolutionized in the water you know it only Literally. makes sense We hope this episode's given you some new takes on your idea of mermaids. 
and made you ponder the possibility of creepier, myrrh-like creatures that could potentially be out there exploring Earth. Um, or at the very least, we hope that we shivered your timbers a little little bit in honor of Halloween. Join us next week as we slither out of spooky season and into a Narnia-like realm of magic and wonder. Remember, the ocean is terrifying, so to end spooky season, we'll leave you with one last horrifying ocean fact. There are more graves in the ocean than all of the cemeteries on Earth combined. So if you're playing mermaids in the sea, you're never ever alone because you're always swimming in a graveyard and there are countless dead bodies from countless generations and millennia beneath you oh that is so terrifying to think about like that's oh gosh that's disgusting so like no big deal when you're chilling (laughs) on the beach and you're like worried that something might touch your foot or like you feel something touch your foot and you're like oh my gosh it's a piranha that's gonna eat my leg there's a really good chance it could just be like a part of a dead fish or animal you know no big deal. <laughs> might make you feel better. <laughs> Gross. Thank you so much for joining us for our first month of the Gillyweed Girls podcast. We've officially wrapped up spooky season and can't be happier with how it started. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending the time of your day to hear our magical sea stories. And I hope you stick with us. We're so happy to be growing our pod more and more every week. Heck yeah, we love every single one of our Gillyweed Pod members out there. Um, And it's crazy to think that this makes like one month on the podcast. But yeah, I couldn't be happier with how it's going either. So thank you to all of you listeners out there that are making it possible. Um, We love you guys. And we hope that you stick around for more crazy adventures and stories with the Gillyweed Girls. (laughs) 